sorry. Our camera operator just made me laugh very, very hard. Thank you, Owen. Um, welcome to a Filthy Talk, uh, Filthy Lots weekly live panel discussion show. Uh, what's happening? Oh, we're all good. Okay. Now people are shouting at me from off camera. We're off to an excellent start today, which is great. Uh, <laughs> uh, where was I? Filthy Talk. A Filthy Lots weekly. Yep. Live panel discussion show. Yep. My usual spiel? No, That's no, all no, I was no. doing? Okay. Uh, we're coming to you live from North Vancouver on the traditional lands of the Squamish Nation. We are happy to recognize the privilege to work, play, create on these beautiful lands. Uh, we love it here. And we ask you uh, what traditional lands you're watching from. And if you don't know, look it up. Uh, oh man, I should have written that down. These are on Tuesday, up. someone in our chat for our uh, uh, One Shot or Not game commented a link oh, don't drop them. Uh, to look up like the land you're on. Yeah. And I was like, oh damn, think, that's awesome. I think uh, last time Ash was fact checking, she shared a link in our chat. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Matt, if you wouldn't mind finding a link for people. Oh, sorry, I'm Trevor Gemma. Uh, this is Roz Young. <laughs> and returning as fact checker, chat liaison, moderator, and today also our bartender, Matt Baker. Woo. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you wouldn't mind throwing one of those in the chat for people. Sure. Uh, oh, never mind. Crashes to Ashes is already on it. I've got a chat awesome. open today, uh, and you'll see why later. But uh, first off, the top nerd bum, news. Bum, bum. Nerd news. You've already been bringing the nerd, the big nerd news for the last few weeks. Something yeah, I mean, for months out, I've kind of talked about it, and it finally e happened over the last weekend, was E3. Uh, it was all digital. It was hits and misses. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like more misses? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there wasn't like, yeah, there, mm, I wasn't super impressed with their. But some, some big news. Some big news. Um, I, what was your favorite game like that you weren't expecting? Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that looks pretty cool. I'm so excited. Uh, From if Gearbox. you played, yeah, uh, Borderlands Three at the end. There's DLC stuff, uh, Dungeons and Dragons style, running around and Tiny Tina's being her explosive crazy self. Now there's a um, whole Ashley Birch will be back to voice Tiny Tina again in the next one. So fans of Ashley Birch, rest easy. Um, she's amazing. Yeah. And so really excited to play more of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious like just how D and D it is. Like, is it going to be very? You got to play like, the classes. Yeah. Play the DLC yeah. so you can get. It'll, you'll just be like, yes, amazing. It I'm, has the, classes. It's the just, DLC yeah. is surprisingly D&D-ish. Is it? Yeah, and that's just not even built to be that. That's just DLC from Borderlands. Oh, wow. Uh, so I'm So it's probably just excited. more of yeah. that? Yeah. Okay, cool. I have not played that, so I'll, I'll check that out. Um, I, you just reminded me of it. I forgot about it. Thank you for reminding me, but there's a game coming out called Redfall yes. that is like a, it looks like there's been like a vampire apocalypse, and there's, it's like four-player co-op, uh, and like some of the people have like crazy powers, like it looks like the sniper guy can teleport. And there's a lady who's got like, she can create this like purple stuff that like elevators people like up to roofs, like movement stuff. Yeah, super cool. It looks so cool. Redfall. It looks like Redfall. What did I say? All one word. Redfall. Redfall. Not Redfall. 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 You gotta Redfall. say it fast. Redfall. Like Red Bull. Red Bull. Uh, but Red it's Red from Red the same, it's from Arcane Studios, so... Oh, okay. Did you play Prey when Alex was letting us all know how amazing I it was? I did not. Well, I did, and it was amazing. Oh, okay. Thank you, Alex! Yeah, Redfall looks really cool. Um, I was, the, the thing that was really cool was that Xbox is bringing out, like, they announced 30 games, 
some of which we knew about, some of which we didn't. But the fact that 27 of them are going to be available through uh, uh, Xbox Game Pass. Wild. Is I, th I think I, I haven't signed up yet. I'm probably now going to sign up for Game on, Pass. On like day one, a bunch of them. Yeah, day one it releases of a bunch of stuff that's uh, available on Game Pass. So that they really are pushing the lead for uh, uh, video game subscription services. Like they are not playing the same game of exclusive content. They are like, we want your money every month. I mean, I'm going <laughs> to play the games on PC because I don't really Xbox that much, but contraband. Matt. Uh, you reminded me of Game Pass. I just want to point out that, um, was it Backbone? Backbone? Backbone. Backbone. Uh, it's a game by some local developers. It's uh, this cool raccoon sci-fi film noir point-and-click adventure kind of thing. Roz has been streaming it a little bit, but it is available on Game Pass. So yeah. if you have Game Pass, check it out. Oh, amazing. I was getting it through Steam and a couple people playing. Uh, O'Brien like came into the end of one of my streams and was like, "This looks cool." And then I was like, "Bye, everyone. Thanks for coming." He's like, "Oh." Uh, but I, I, I was telling him, "Don't watch too much if you think you're gonna play because there's puzzles and stuff." Oh right? yeah, so yeah. The Spoilers. Games. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those games that you either play it or watch it. Yeah. Um, so I have to talk about this one thing because I watched. I didn't watch Monday Tuesday coverage from E3, but I watched it on Twitch on Saturday Sunday. I watched almost the entire broadcast from like 9 a.m. to 5 6 p.m. Um, oh my god! Yeah, I was doing other stuff, but I just had it on and like on a separate screen and stuff. I was going crazy. But okay, uh, Ubisoft they they had a two-hour slot and they <laughs> filled the first hour of that slot with this video that did nothing. It was just. Uh, it was a. <laughs> it started with like it looked like footage from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but it's a guy just like slowly walking, and you're like crunch, 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 and he's just walking towards something in the distance for like ten minutes, <laughs> just slowly walking. People on horses like rode by, and then he's just walking slowly, and like the chat was explosive and toxic. But I commented in there like as soon as I saw it, I was like, what is this? A walking simulator? And then other people started jumping on that train. And then it went from walking to like a plane flying to like someone on a on a, a standing on a drone flying through a cityscape. But it was always just like the same right behind it perspective traveling in a straight line slowly for like five to ten minutes at a time. And it went from traveling in a straight line slowly the game. Oh my god, it was awful. But now. it was like someone walking, it was someone standing on a drone. It was it was a a, a plane flying in like a poorly rendered environment. It was Ooh. a car driving through a city, a taxi. It was uh, uh it just kept going through different mediums of something moved for a freaking hour. It, oh it was awful. It was such a train wreck. Speaking of cars though. Yeah. Forza? Yeah, Forza Horizon five. Oh, it's gonna be good. It looks beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That was like, I've seen that building. Oh. Yeah, in Mexico, it was in the trailer. There's one church that's there. I'm like, I've seen the church that they based that on. Oh, cool. <laughs> it looks I, uh, exactly like it. I haven't really ever played a Forza game, but that looked so pretty that I was thinking about getting back into driving sims. I've only played Horizon 4 uh, because I'm not good at racing games. I really oh. like them, but I play them for five hours, get frustrated, and move on. <laughs> Uh, but I played Horizon 4 for like a week, oh. which is huge for me. That's huge. <laughs> that's like the yeah, that's that's impressive. Uh, okay, we've been but yeah, we've, we've been, been going on and on about E3. We were almost going to do a separate broadcast. It didn't happen. Uh, but we have a lot to say about video games. But next time, next time. Let's get into what we're here for because there's some people waiting off stage to come and join us. So let's bring them up. Do it. Uh, so first to the stage, uh, you have seen her before. 
And just coming back here, this is uh, the one who keeps us all in line around here, uh, Natasha Wynn. Please join us Woo! on stage. Woo! Sorry it took so long. We're running behind. I'm a... <laughs> you, you, you've seen her eat butter on Baking the Drag. Yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've forgotten most of that. That was great. Yes, that's the that's how that show went. Yeah. Yeah. yeah usually the guests forget what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I I forgot most of what happened until I saw it. Yeah, the guests forget, but then all of the internet will remember for right. you. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and also joining us for the first time on the show, our resident chef. Uh, you've seen him before as a DM, but it's his first time on a filthy talk. Uh, chef Cargs, Sam Cornelli. Come on out, sir. Oh, no, Woo! he got stage fright. He decided not to join us. Aww. No, I'm kidding. Here he comes. Ooh. Oh! We can't come empty-handed. Oh! Yeah. But so many do. Thank you. <laughs> Natasha. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, Natasha. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you, sir. So we have a little almost This is Andrew. You wow. saw him recently. Is this, sorry, did you just, did you just use the, the term amuse-bouche? Yes. You did. <laughs> So I didn't you. hear that, but it's exactly what I was thinking. Handmade cracker. Oh. Uh, we're starting off on the base there with a hazelnut cracker with a little bit of cranberry, bunch of other seeds and nuts in there, followed by a uh, cork and honey mixture with a little bit of champagne for the uh, the mousse there. And then you've got a smoked duck breast. So I, I took black tea, smoked the duck breast, a cold smoke, gave it a quick sear, finished it off, and then it's got fiddleheads. Uh, Toasted hazelnuts, pickled grapes, and then uh, some edible flowers as well. Edible flowers? I don't Aww. think that I've ever, while sober, eaten a flower before. <laughs> That's but awesome. I'm going to try it. Thanks, nice Sam. peppery element to it. Yeah, That's enjoy. great. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. This, this is super amazing. fancy. Um, oh, hello, brother. Hello. <laughs> There's been a lighting change. Oh, okay. Oh, oh like a redemption? Wait, like okay. someone redeemed lighting change? Yep. <laughs> oh, nice. Right on. Okay. Well, cheers. Now, now cheers. It's rude to eat Thank in front you for of having you, me. But thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know which end to start from. Uh, oh, wow. Funny story. I won't mention names, but someone recently brought a lovely gift of someone's birthday. They brought baked goods, and so they covered them with decorative flowers. This is why it's really important to check whether your decorative flowers actually are edible, because um, they weren't. <laughs> and then I looked it up, and it was, it was just um, horrific. Some of the things that could happen. I'm assuming if you ate a lot of the flowers, but um, you know, like sores in your mouth opening up, trouble breathing, you know, oh going God. unconscious. So, buttercups. Don't put them on your food. They're poisonous. Buttercups? Buttercups. Sound huh? like butter, very misleading, <laughs> poisonous. <laughs> Thank you for not taking a bite at the same time as us. Because as soon as I took a bite and we were all doing it, I went, well, we probably shouldn't have done this simultaneously. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, the only thing to consider is that uh, there are fiddleheads on here. So you want to make sure that you blanch them for 15 minutes before you eat them. So um, that will remove all the stuff that will make your stomach not feel so good. Oh. And then give them a quick sear or whatever you want to do after that. Once you've uh, blanched them, that's putting them in boiling water for oh. 15 minutes. So fiddleheads, I've seen fiddleheads growing wild here. Yeah. Have you ever just picked them and eaten them? Like um, not straight, obviously doing, yeah. like treating them properly. <laughs> Again, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're great for foraging. Uh, oh. 
between all the various roots and berries and things that the West Coast has to offer. Foraging is great out here. Oh crap. It's really tasty. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, you're most it's welcome. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, like I tried to like hit everything so you get that really light smoke flavor. A little bit of the sweetness comes in. Uh, and then you get like the tartness from the cork. So just all kind of balances out. Mm. It's a great way to liven up your palate right before you go. Oh man. Where are we going? Yeah, uh, we going? I mean restaurants and, and bars are starting to open up again. That's great news. Yeah. Especially mm -hmm. for like the food industry. It's been hit really, really hard uh, over this pandemic. Oh, so yeah. Being able to have people back in the restaurant, huge. Like, it's gonna really help to save our bacon. So, one of the closures that I heard about that was the most depressing to me during this pandemic was the original location. In Vancouver, we have a place called the Storm Crow Tavern. We had. It's now closed. They opened a second location called the Storm Crow Ale House, and they also have the Storm Crow Manor across the country in, I believe, in Toronto. Toronto, yeah, on Church um, Street. But, so we still have just, ow, I just bit my lip. <laughs> we Fun still facts. have the ale house here, but the tavern is now permanently closed, which sucks because it was the original. Um, and where did you used to work? Both. Uh, so I originally uh, opened up the ale house on Broadway. Oh. So back when they were getting that together and beginning the open, uh, taking it over from the Donnelly Group, I believe. Mm. Uh, we had a massive renovation, had to rip everything out. That place was absolutely infested and uh, got everything going, uh, fixed up the kitchen. Health inspector comes in, is like, oh, I don't like the floor, so I had to redo the floor too. Oh man. But uh, a full reno, turned it into an incredible space, full on nerd bar. I mean, you just look at the walls, it's full of memorabilia. Yeah. A lot of really good people there. Um, some of my best friends that, I'm still, that I still know today um, and play D&D with, uh, all of them I met there at the Stormcrow. So, it's great. Uh, I also worked at the tavern for a little bit. Uh, it's it's the best. It's, it's for the best that they closed it down. I mean, it's very old building, not not maintained well by the the landlord. So it was a struggle to ever do anything. And then oh. that lineup, right? Like you spend like three four hours some nights waiting to get in there, mm. and that's just crazy. So like uh, it was a very small location. It's it's small, but the concept that's what brought everyone in there. I mean, yeah. Elijah Wood would come in and watch uh, uh, Game of Thrones nights. <laughs> Those were absolutely legendary there. That's awesome. We'd spend all our whole Sunday just two sittings, constant work is just madness. But it was a lot of fun too. I that's yeah nice. I weirdly I don't think I've ever talked about this on the show before, but I uh, I used to work at a place close by to the original tavern. Uh, and I knew that it was going to be opening. Um, and I was going by, they had like a post in the window that said the day that they were gonna be finally opening for the first time, at what time. And I went there just after work and I was, I think I was their second customer. <laughs> I was like, has anyone been in yet? They're like, yeah, someone came in. I was like, damn it. So I just had a beer and left just so I could say I was one of the first customers. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've been going to that place for a long time. And sorry, I just said it's a Stormcrow Tavern. It's a, a nerd bar. It's got all sorts of crazy nerd paraphernalia all over the walls. There's a big shelf full of board games that you can just pick from, bring to your table, play, return when you're done. Um, please return them. Yeah, please return them. <laughs> Some of them have all their pieces. Order, ordering Some spare parts don't. is expensive and weird. Oh yeah, super weird. I need just this one token for this yeah. game. That would be very weird. Can't um, play without but, it. So, nerd bar. I think yes. that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today is, is food in, in pop culture, but particularly fantasy, science fiction, and all the stuff that we love here, like all of our cool toys. We have a redemption Whoa. of Ask Us Almost Anything. Oh, yes, thank you. Who would win in a, oh, it's from J-Dabs1. 
Oh, Who hey, Johnny. Who would win in a fight, Taco Cat or Pizza Cat? Well, I'm gonna have to go with Pizza Cat. Pizza Cat can throw hot uh, oil because yeah. pizzas can get kind of oily. So, you, you know, that's a war but, weapon. But you gotta account oil. for the, um, the shrapnel that uh, Taco Cat can create yep. with those hard shell tacos. Oh, just yeah, have you been <laughs> into a hard shell taco little... and gotten it into your gums? Mm -hmm. That's deadly. I don't Deadly. know. My money's on Pizza Cat. Yeah, so that's a 50 50 split. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, Taco Cat has hot sauce. Way to sit on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the tiebreaker, man. Be the tiebreaker. Yeah, I don't know who either of them are, but I would say that pizza burns are worse than taco gums. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm going with Pizza Cat. Pizza Cat. <laughs> All right, Pizza Cat for victory. I'm taking it. All right. Important work was done here today, everyone. Oh, no, wait. I'm showing this. This is blocking this. This is Pete's cat. <laughs> Speaking of fantasy meals, I love this amuse-bouche. And it, <laughs> it reminds me of something that I would, you know, coming through the forest, oh, long adventure. And then, you know, old Tom Bombadil comes up and he's like, <laughs> look what I have found from all my bounty and the forest and But like, what would Tom Bombadil yeah. be without his wife Goldberry? His wife Goldberry, she, that was, okay, so when I read a fantasy book or just a book, I'm always like, but what are they eating though? And like, please describe. So it's always the like, she had honey. And <laughs> I still, I don't remember 90% of what happened in Lord of the Rings because there was a lot of walking, but then I do remember. <laughs> walking the game. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, right? Coming from Ubisoft. But I do remember <laughs> them Lord describing the like the freshly churned butter and no then bell. on the like honey on the bread, I was like, ah, give this to me now. Even when they're on the road and they're eating like hardtack and sausages and cheese, things like that, yep. or apples. It all sounds great. When they describe it, it sounds great. Give me an apple for lunch. I'm like, ah. But yeah, you know, when you like read those passages, setting. you can just smell like off the book a little bit, and like mm. that memory takes you back. Yeah. Yeah. When you guys were designing things for Stormcrow to be like nerd food, did you go directly from source material, recipe stuff, like things they would say in the book, or were you taking suggestions from people of, oh, this thing I heard about in Star Trek once, make up a recipe that goes with it? Yeah, it was mostly make it up, figure out what to do. I mean. How do you replicate a pangalactic gargle blaster? Yeah. Which is an uh, incredible drink that will knock you off your feet at the Stormcrow. Sounds like but mystery. It's been through like <laughs> several iterations. Cause yeah, like it can be really, really potent, but does it taste really good? Are you gonna order another one? Yeah. And then we like tried to do like the gold brick that goes with it for a little while and there was a the venue in Ottawa called Zephod Beeblebrocks and Oh nice. They uh, Pangalactic Gargle Blaster was their drink of choice there. Of course. I don't know about drinking anything that has the word gargle in it. That makes me think I'd want to spit it back out. So, but you know. Oh, that's fair. Yep. I mean, that pretty much describes yeah. a pangalactic gargle blast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think ben I only ever ordered name. one. Uh, speaking of drinks, or I don't oh, know if yeah. we talked about the timing of this, but. Uh, oh yeah, we didn't exactly pair it, did we? Right, because you know, kind of working oh. with Sam, and I guess you guys would have done this at the bar, but Matt kind of had an idea of what you were making and you guys sort of touched base, but he thought he would do a cocktail to go with it. And I'm assuming you guys did a bunch of both. Yeah, I mean like this, um, the cocktail that, that Matt's making for us uh, pairs really nicely because like that apple flavor really goes well with the duck and kind of brings in things. So like you've cleansed your palate really nicely so that if you've waited, when you taste the uh, cocktail, you'll get that full experience from it. Amazing. But, 
Yeah, um, I mean, like, we had to do a lot of that at the Storm Crow, too. So, like, um, try, like, it's hard when you're trying to, like, have a food program and a drink program, and then you have a bunch of nerds that are coming in. They're like, I just want the Romulan Ale. Like, how can you blame them for that? Uh, yeah, but yeah and then... And I mean, you can blame them. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were... They were after the, the war with the Dominion and the, the Romulans were all coming in, it's totally fine. It's back in the Federation. Great. Well, we'll see what happens in the next season of Picard. <laughs> oh, time yeah. shenanigans. That was last week? <laughs> last week was time. Oh, uh, it just released the trailer for season two. Yeah. I just like saw an actual like trailer, not the teaser, the, the, the Q teaser? I don't know. No, this oh. is the full trailer. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, sweet. And uh, it came out on Picard Day, so you, mm -hmm. you know he's a role model. So, uh, okay, I have a random question. I have a bunch of questions written down, but one of them that just popped <laughs> in is what, from what like series or movie or like uh, IP, uh, in all of your opinions, uh, has, has their use of food has either made you crave food the most or has been the most memorable from like movies, TVs, video games, whatever. Oh God. I mean, Lord of the Rings, Tolkien was a master of explaining that, but we've touched on that. If you want to touch on other media, I mean, it's got to be anime. Like, oh. you look at, like, those perfect bowl of ramens, those sears on those on pieces of meat that just look too good to be real, because they kind of are, but yeah. uh, holy smokes, they are absolutely incredible. Uh, if you want to take a runaway hit, it's got to be anime like and in, manga. Like in the Pokemon games where you know you have to like make curry and do these cute things and then feed them to your Pokemon. Yeah, so you know, good. just a little tourist meat. Yes, yeah, Spirited Away had like mm. beautiful oh, food yeah. until it Ghibli. turns you into a pig, which is unfortunate. But up until that point, I was like, that looks great. Some yeah. prices are worth paying. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I don't know if you want to jump in, but uh, I would go Harry Potter. Mm, yeah, yep. I was going to say yep. Harry Potter. I'm kind of debating between Harry Potter and Willy Wonka. But, well, really, like, Willy Wonka, that, even just that opening sequence, like, the original, the original, like, uh, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, yeah. or no, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Gene Wilder one, uh, that opening sequence with chocolate being made, I can't not crave chocolate watching that. Mm. But Harry Potter, like, some of the most creative use of, you're finding this really distracting, hey? I'm not watching Matt shake the cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> watching Matt shake a cocktail is always distracting me. I'm sorry. Oh, have you been to oh, the Charlie's Chocolate Factory in BC? Charlie's Chocolate Factory? Yeah, so yeah in, I'm a local. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I, I grew up here, so I've been to Charlie's many times. They yeah. have a chocolate river. It's, it's so amazing. Good. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a, and uh, uh, I'm going to plug it, because it is a local store. So if you are in Vancouver and you've never been, it is just the one and only, the, like, He's like a, now he's like a little old man. He's adorable. He's, he still wears the like signature outfit and like stands outside. But it's called Charlie's Chocolate Factory. It's just off Boundary. It's technically in Burnaby. Um, it's yeah, in Canada uh, Way. amazing yeah. chocolate. Yeah, Can I Canada Way in Boundary. Game of Thrones brought me out of the storytelling. Mm. Sometimes when he, when George R. R. Martin would go into the food of the world, like because, in the novels. Yeah, in the novels. Okay. Uh, I. I would just get really bored with it. And it. Sometimes it was like the perspective of the particular character. Mm. You know, if it's the guard guard number four, um, who sometimes sees what the sand snakes are eating, and and you know, waxing poetic about food, but not in a way of enjoying it. You know, mm. just in a way of like, well, this is the food of our land. And then you know, several pages later, I'm like, really, really? Can we? I think we can just move on from here. Let's just find out mm. what wine Cersei is drinking again and move on. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm not so much, if I see it on screen, it doesn't really interest me. It's more if I read it. So I have a strange symbiotic relationship between uh, detective novels, British detective novels, and drinking tea. So if I'm drinking tea, I need to be reading a British detective novel. <laughs> if I'm reading a British detective novel, I can just drink endless cups of tea and then just be very on edge because I'm so caffeinated. I almost never drink tea, but when I'm watching like Star Trek The Next Generation, mm. Picard makes me want to drink tea. Mm. Interesting. Like, it's such a weird thing. I'm just like, I want tea now. Yeah. Uh, tea whenever I watch. Hot. <laughs> yeah. Do you know Archer. how many people would order that at the Stone Crow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just bring a little teapot in. Archer but, made me want to try new cocktails. That if he mentions one that I haven't done yet, oh, then it's like yes. yes. Conversely, like think about like gross food that you get described oh. in books. Denethor. <laughs> oh God. Oh. That scene is iconic. I mean, I hate chewing noises. Oh, yeah. A little bit of that misophonia, and it is—it's just it ingrates and like everything else can be going on in the world, but someone's chewing, just like zero in, be like, you need to stop. <laughs> there, uh, no. they want to stab a fork in their eye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There I was, have uh, the people close to me trained so that if they're chewing, and I'll just. I'll just slightly turn my head in their direction, and they'll know. <laughs> they'll know why I'm turning my head. Yeah, like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, but don't like, you yeah, care. taking like other gross foods. Like, uh, I don't know if you know Brandon Sanderson, but he's got yes. a Cosmere of books that are absolutely incredible. And in uh, the Stormlight Archives, you have like these soul casters that take stone and turn it into grain, and then they they describe how the taste is just. Not right. Like it doesn't taste very good. earthy. But I mean, if you've got to feed an army who's out on, uh, like, on a forced march, that's kind of all you got. Because you can't just pick crops as you're going with an army, right? But you can soul cast stone into this awful soul cast grain, and it's just gritty and not very nice. So I wonder if, because like you're saying, Martin doesn't describe food very well in a way that you find appealing. It didn't hit for me. It, it comes so, from like yeah, it comes from someone that doesn't know how to make it. Well, that's what I, uh, is leading me to a thing, and I wonder if it's someone who doesn't really appreciate food, if, and and leads me to a question that uh, I want to say thank you to uh, Jamie for helping me come up with a bunch of questions. You had a crazy amount of them, and I wasn't thinking that many. So thanks. Uh, food, experiential or fuel? Experiential. And feel, but mostly experience. Yeah, like, do you if if you could eat a paste that gave you all the nutrients, would you just eat that and not no, worry about God, having? No, God, no. I mean, I know what my projected old grandma self is going to look like, and it's spherical. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't worry, I'm prepared. It's well, there. I like that. I probably will be too. I, very much so. Um, it's hard I mean, not to be when you're cooking all the time. It, it feels like a, a, a stupid question to even ask you. It's both, honestly. Really? Well, like, when you've got a busy day in front of you, uh, especially when you're cooking all day, I mean, my go-to is oatmeal right now because it's quick and easy and it's going to last me. I'm not going to have to snack throughout the it day. Sustained. Sustained. What? But then we get to lunchtime and I can just really enjoy the food that I've made or someone else has made for me and uh, really focus in on why it's good. And, like, when you're a chef, you're trying to taste that food not only for what it represents, but how could it also be better? What is that sensation it's giving you? What kind of experience is that giving you? How do you replicate that? Do you want to replicate that? Mm -hmm. Question, is oatmeal just gruel? Not if you make it right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, you know how in fantasy books, et cetera, 
uh, they describe as like, oh, gruel, man. It can be a combination, any sort of like grain. Ooh. Often okay. it can just be wheat and water or uh, some sort of fat or oil. Okay, uh, so about that. we have a redemption, uh, which I forgot to set them up earlier, but yeah, there's, there's some mystery boxes on the uh, back table here, numbered one through four, and they contain food. Uh, and we have had a redemption for number three. So now, Roz or Natasha, if someone would mind opening up uh, box number three, and we're gonna eat what's inside. I'm just gonna grab this. This is very yeah, yeah, we got hand sanitizer. We can pass it around. Yes. I, I know that one of the things that Matt and I love, because Matt cooks way more than I do. Um, I like to bake and he likes to cook, but... Uh, Thanks, Capri. Ratatouille, you know, the way that food mm. is described and experienced. In oh, yeah, that, that movie totally cool. made me, oh, man. That was, that was exactly what you're trying to achieve. When, like, that memory bringing you back to childhood of your mother's cooking. That is the absolute ultimate goal for any cook, any chef out there to try and recreate that because oh. it's all different for everyone. Speaking of, oh wow, it's too late. I was gonna say there was someone in the chat that uh, that wanted two minutes of just solid cam on Matt while he was making drinks. Uh, this is not a great idea. Oh, oh, oh you oh, want a hand? So cheap. <laughs> I got you, I got you, brother. Um, <laughs> while this happens, I would just like to come back to a story about gruel because it's a Thank good topic. You. <laughs> you, bring, you bring the hottest gas, Natasha. Thank you very much. What's going on with gruel is these there days? Gruel so, in the box? Like, no, no, there's not gruel in the box. It appears to be Russian, <laughs> Russian wafer cakes uh, of an orange and vanilla flavor. But so I used to eat uh, porridge every morning with my mom. Uh, and sometimes I wouldn't finish all my porridge despite her urging. And then there would just be this accumulating mass of porridge, of porridge, of porridge, day after day in the fridge. And she hates throwing anything out. So one day she decided um, that she would make bread out of this porridge. And she's like, it's the same thing. It's, this is what sourdough is. And I'm like, mm, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think that's what it is. And this she's is like, it's fine. We'll just press it together and bake it. And this is sourdough. And she added a bit more flour. And, it was, that was that was the worst lunch I've ever had. So <laughs> so sometimes you're not trying to emulate your. She's a good cook, but sometimes she gets too creative. But sometimes you're like, ah, memories of childhood, gruel baked into bread for lunch. And you're thinking, no, I don't oh, want to yeah. go Keep back. Keep the smoked paprika away from my um, dad. He just. I wanted to ask you guys what your go-to comfort foods are, Ooh. but we should deal with this redemption. Now we have these drinks from Matt. Do we want to do the 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 random food redemption taste, first? Taste the drink first. Taste, taste the drink first. I'm patiently waiting for a drink so I can pair them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Well, the flavor's still in yeah, our mouth. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So we will get right to uh, uh, the redemption Capri. Sorry, but we're gonna taste Matt. So what have you made us? Uh, this is an apple brandy sidecar. Um, sidecar is not super fantasy, so I was then calling it a magic carpet. Um, but it's inspired by some of our stuff that we've done in Altero. When Ready to Roll, when you get to see that, the character I play drinks a fair amount of apple brandy. <laughs> Quite a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, in the Shadows of Blood that we're doing, the area that we're in uh, specializes in apple brandy as well. Nice. So I wanted to do that. Uh, Sidecar's normally cognac. Um, but. We got some local apple brandy uh, from the Okanagan. 
Um, and some local bitters, General Ambrose. And this is what brings it all together. Uh, you should always have bitters in your cocktails. If you've never tried it, you really should. Um, Apothecary is local to Vancouver, I believe, or BC at least. And the General Ambrose is our favorite one. It's got a lot of baking spice and, uh, you know, there's like cinnamon and like allspice and nutmeg. It's just, it's quite rich. Uh, and so you just put a little bit in and it gives that extra little bit of spiciness that, uh, you know, makes me think of kind of like fantasy food and the cinnamon goes nicely with apple stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, and sidecar is just a great classic cocktail, but this is the Altero magic carpet. Well, cheers. This cheers. is so excellent. Oh no. Or you already, no. oh, you're right. I've, already, I've already been drinking. I understand. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. You know, if you don't look someone in the eye oh, man. when you cheers, it means seven years bad sex. So, oh no. Bad good luck. Sex? Yep. That That's explains a lot. Much worse than <laughs> <laughs> seven years. So much worse than bad luck. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you need the luck to get the sex. So if you break a mirror and then cheers without looking someone in the eye. Your life is ruined. I mean, also, you have to, like, do you need to touch glasses? Is that part of a thing? I mean, no. I think as long as you, like, very intensely hold eye contact and raise your glasses. The other day, I accidentally decided to cheers with bowls of soup. I don't know why. <laughs> but it kind of worked. That's and I really think good, it's Matt. a new tradition I'm starting. So what you're trying to say is it's a super way of doing things. <laughs> oh. Very nice. Oh, jeez. Very oh, no. nice. Uh, this is delicious. delicious. on that, by the way. I think this this does pair well with uh, uh, the amuse-bouche we had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and notice like there's like waves of flavor, too, so it really opens up. So you after the first sip and like the aroma comes in, the bouquet, mm -hmm. and then as you're sipping through it, that like tartness hits the back of your throat. Yeah. And you just get delicious. a full mouth experience. It's really well done. It's yeah. really good. Uh, uh, I also noticed that there was a lot going on with what you made. Like, yeah. That was not just food for fuel. That was an, That's experience. an experience. There was a lot of complimentary flavors there. So, uh, strange Russian wafer thing. Russian wafers. Oh, he's made of vodka. <laughs> My grandma has many of these, but they have like hazelnut filling there. Yeah, I mean, these look, these look familiar. Those together. While well, we're talking about that, uh, Ryan, a long time ago, um, didn't redeem any points, so I didn't bring it up, but he <laughs> was asking uh, Natasha, what German foods uh, do you wish were more available oh. or better in Canada? Oh, good question. Oh, which ones were better in Canada? Uh, well, that you wish were better, like maybe yes. you can find it, but it's not great. Okay, so, uh, good question. Instant answer. Um, the, you go to the Christmas markets, that's pretty much where you're gonna find German food in Canada, and uh, they will give you a sausage and a bun, but the buns are terrible, terrible. <laughs> and it's very important to have good buns, and uh, in Germany, <laughs> that's, not a comment on anyone's body, that's just food related. Um, and so you ha it has to be your bones crispy on the outside and then of course soft on the inside. And I find, probably because it's in the evening later in the day, they're kind of like meh. And you put it in plastic, which is not great. It loses the crispness. So in Germany, one of my favorite things is breakfast because you have the buns traditionally for breakfast or if you're fancy. And oh, um, you're fancy? yeah, Buns, ooh la la. Yeah. But bread is pretty much every meal time in Germany. So um, there's Abendbrot, which is just evening bread. Oh, um, what's different about it? 
Uh, you, that's where it's you get your like, seedy, makeup on. your dark and seedy bread because it's the evening. And then you, yeah. So traditionally. Noir bread. Noir bread. <laughs> noir bread exactly. It smokes. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> it's just like, ugh. Uh, <laughs> it's going to sneak up in the back ask... alley, sneak attack you. So yeah, in, in the morning you have your brötchen or some people have bread or whatever and your, your croissants and all that kind of stuff. And then in the middle of the day is your main meal. So you have your like cooked whatever meal, and the evening you'd have again bread, abendbrot, and it's super easy. End of day, come home, put some stuff on a the bread. There you go. And you know why it's also better over there is that the flour is different. The what? The flour is different. Oh. So the flour we use over here typically like a, a like a wintering wheat, very hard because Canadian winters are terrible, yeah. and um, all sorts of things. Uh, it's it's so different from the the bread you get over there because the the wheat they use and like. Like the pasta from like Italy is like double zero flour, and the double zero flour you get here is just glommy. You, you don't get this like silky texture to your dough. So that also plays into why our bread is not quite as good. Oh, I never knew that. These Russian wafers are totally I have heard safe. the opposite. Fine. We know many people who have moved to I Europe have a and in Scotland. got yeah. uh, flour shipped from Canada because the bread doesn't turn out right there. It's oh. yeah, you have to adjust your recipe. Yeah. Everything. It's so different. Uh, Canadian flour has like higher gluten, so it's yeah more protein bread. content in oh. it. Uh -oh. Well, there's also baking at different elevations makes for different uh, that too, uh, recipe and different yeasts, and there's bread's alive. Yeah. Like when, every time I make it, like, <laughs> please, please turn out for me. Uh, I find these wafers. I mean, I'm not really a wafer person. Um, there's something about uh, the thin wafer part. It's sort of it's a little bit not cardboard, but there's there's dry. Oh, and I yeah. always I'm like, Ugh. it's just a bit a little sawdusty. bit of styrofoam. Yeah. They're, uh, but it, the it tastes citrusy cheap. flavor is nice. They taste cheap. Like yeah. I've always found that wafers taste like uh, fake. It's like toy food. Well, here's <laughs> the real question: Can you grow oranges in Russia? I, maybe, like Georgia, like some of the areas mm -hmm. that are maybe more southern or closer oh. to the Middle East. I have no idea. Or closer to it's China. A, it's a big country for a reason, but yeah. It, Interesting. Hmm. Um, probably. I would guess no. I, but wafers are supposed to be dry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This tastes just like a bunch of other wafers I've had before. This was not that big of a. This was a, a pretty safe mystery box. I was expecting something weird and uh, uh, making me do faces and stuff. But. Oh, like like yeah. uh, like on Kelly's Kitchen when you get weird weird things. Yeah. 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 Well, the um, cocktail goes really nice after it, though. So a question uh, uh, I'm curious about is. As the seasons change, as it's really hot here today, um, which is why we have fans and stuff, and I'm glistening on camera. <laughs> You're always glistening. Uh, oh, thanks. Um, as the seasons change, like when it gets hot or when it gets cold or when it's autumn, are there any seasonal foods that, like, as the weather changes, you just you have to have? Yeah, as soon as it's as soon as summer is over and fall hits, I want my mom's hamburger soup like immediately. Hamburger soup. Yeah, yeah, it's what we grew up with. It's one of the things she's very good at making. Yeah, yeah, nice. it, it's just nostalgic. Like, I'm, as soon as, yeah, late September, early October, that, like, chill wind comes in, I need mom's hamburger soup. <laughs> we have a question redemption oh. Oh, from okay. Kevin. I want to go back to this one because I'm curious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, who would like to know if anyone here would eat 
Ballot? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Oh, blot. Yeah. Fertilized I'm, duck eggs. Blot, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I've, the crunch is what really gets me. Have you tried it? Yeah. Oh. Back in culinary school, we got to try a whole bunch of weird shit. Uh, that's fair. I've smelt it, and Sulfury. that's a pass. It's going to be a pass very for me, sulfurous. dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the flavor is really interesting because, like, you get like a lot of that umami flavor. Um, so, like, if you like. Take a, a like soy sauce or MSG or things like that, uh, or Parmesan cheese. Um, you you get that that extra like oomph factor. Yeah, that's what it has. But okay, you just gotta get past the like. I'm the fact a that it's a semi-formed, really processed chip, like bird that you can see the detail of. You can see the details. Yeah. Yep. Super yep. gross. You know, uh, it's like uh, plain fable. You get the crunchy chick. Yeah, yeah, it is just like that. Yep. <laughs> Although reality checks in food are always good. You know, this is what you're eating. It's, you know, it's not bad. I wouldn't actively go and eat it, but if it was offered to me, I would, I'd be able to eat it. You must have to eat a lot of weird stuff when you're a chef. Yeah, I mean, uh, back in culinary school, uh, Chef Don must have found like the largest oysters he could possibly find for our, our class to try, and they were just so gross. When they're big, like they're just they're chewy, oh. and like they're not they're not great raw, and like it takes a lot to eat them. Yeah, I'm not it's a huge the, fan like of raw. Like the little like ones that you get oysters. here are fantastic. Yeah. I mean, like if you're new to oysters, uh, like BC like Kushi oysters are a great like entry into what we've got locally, and then just go nuts. Mm. Obviously, watch the seafood warnings. Make sure there's no red tide. Mm, yeah. What? aspect of food makes you guys the most cringy when it comes to like what is something you can't deal with me it's consistency hmm. like if something has the consistency of snot <laughs> i can't i can't You're not into jellies i can't get it in my mouth okay not making oatmeal for you jellies are okay <laughs> if they're thick enough like jello consistency is not snot like i'm talking slime like if something is slimy <laughs> like oh my god it goes in my mouth and it comes back out it's not it's there's no chewing, there's gagging, it's gross. That was one of my grandma's cures when I, when you were sick. She would like pile you under many, many blankets mm -hmm. and then she'd feed you, I don't know what it was, I don't know, but some sort of hot, snot-like liquid that was somewhat salty in a cup. Ah. And it was supposed to, I don't know, cleanse you or something or like coat your insides or, but it was, it was honestly, if I... Did it work? If I could imagine that she gathered that much snot from humans, that she could, I would, I would think that's what that was. Oh I don't know what God. it was. Maybe no, it was I mean, I mean, I survived uh, whatever I had, but yeah. I probably would have survived anyway, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. man. Do you have one, Sam? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's salad that was dressed like an hour before it was served. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's got no Ooh. texture left. It's it all just, like, just. Yes, yeah, that's terrible. Bothers me so, so much. Consistency, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, just things that are flavorless, if there's no like oh. seasoning to them. Not just salt, like there has to be a backbone to it. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm, if it's flavorless, then, oh, okay. Yeah, because it's good. Yeah, old salad, old what? salad's bad. Ugh. That's, that's bad a hard news. pass for you. There's nothing? I just like, I'll just eat it, man. I'll no, eat it, bro. I definitely would. <laughs> I, uh, I'd, I'd experience engage fuel. I'd be, I, I think I would try anything. But yes. would I actively seek out feet? No. 
Feet? Yeah. Feet. I don't oh, like so feet. like, wait, is it is it then seeing something? Is it characteristic? Is it the separation it of like animal from me, meat? Kind it of definitely thing? is because I have a reaction like when I know that I'm eating the animal. If I can see the eyeballs or the teeth or the feet, those are sort of the things that hit me the most. Huh. Mm. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Yeah, so, I would agree with you. If it has teeth and those teeth are going inside me, I just start to worry about the nightmares, the teeth nightmares I'll have later, where I'm just like cutting a tree and then there's teeth inside the tree. Oh. And then, uh, no, you don't have that one? Everyone has that nightmare. The teeth in the tree? The teeth that in the old tree? stick. Yeah, right? No. No! <laughs> like, what? It's like that type of ovarian cyst. There you go. Mm, that yeah. has teeth and hair in it. Yes. I yes. heard about these. Gnarly. Don't eat those. Gross. It's a really no. uncomfortable Margaret Atwood short story all about that. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, she so would, that monster. You, you brought up an interesting thing, like the reality check of food with like seeing the form sort of like a, a, a bird fetus with blot uh, and, and you don't like seeing like eyeballs or feet or whatever, like if you can tell that it's a certain part. So but I, you, we need to know that that's where our food comes from, but I also don't want to look it in the eyes very much. Okay, mm. do, do yeah. you guys have any, has there been any moments in life where what you've learned either through a documentary or from word of mouth about uh, cultivation of food in our society nowadays that has changed the way you eat? Ooh, good question. <laughs> A lot of things have made me want to change the way I eat. <laughs> but want to, but choose not to, right? Eh, I mean, really that's why it's important to really research your food. Like, um, like here, we use two rivers because they use some incredible farmers across BC and Alberta to get us really high quality protein that's looked after. So you're not getting a battery chicken all the time. Like, I really appreciate that about when Sam is cooking for us, you know, because we have a food truck on the lot and it's an amazing and we are so fortunate and lucky that you're here with us, uh, but that you're really honest about, you know, the ingredients that you use um, and you work really hard to source stuff that's as sustainable as possible, that uh, you know where it comes from and that all of our stuff is, is fresh and as local as we can do, right? Mm -hmm. And that makes such a difference to the quality of oh, our, our well-being and that you're also concerned about our intestinal health you know sometimes you're know, <laughs> just having a chat in the kitchen and sam will be like yeah it's really important to maintain your you know just full body health with what you put in it yeah a little bit of fire there's actually a documentary i'm just remembering uh which was about fish fish farming and just about the whole system of fisheries which definitely got me thinking and i always get wild salmon and i try to just eat at home i don't eat very much meat in general or or salmon or anything like that pretty much vegetarian when i'm at home oh um because I do very much love the creatures and I know if I were out there with like a hatchet or a hammer or whatever I needed to do to kill the animal, I wouldn't be able to do it. So it seems very um, really controversial. You don't think you could kill a, an animal and, and then cook If it I were yourself. starving, I probably could, but if it were like a here's oh, a yeah. carrot, here's a bunny, I would choose the carrot. If you're starving in the woods, you're gonna kill some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, you but, but even if you but lived in the woods, you wouldn't. You're saying if you lived also in the woods, using all the parts. Yeah, of the I would. Too. I would not. Yeah, I would. I would choose other things for sure because there's lots of great proteins that you can get from other sources, and I would definitely do that. Back to your subject on seasonal foods, salmon oh. berries. They are in my mm. birth month. Salmon and berries. I love salmon berries. Interesting. Uh, not a lot of people know about them so because good. they're local and they're not sold in stores. Um, and yeah, I grew up as a little kid. My mom would push me through the forest and like throw salmon berries in my mouth. So I feel like it's literally part of my, my body and my body makeup. And 
I can always tell um, how early or late the season is depending on when they're ripe around my birthday. Oh, so that's really grace. cool. Yeah, wait, awesome. when's your birthday? In, uh, in you May, end of May. Okay, okay. So sometimes uh, they used to be like just kind of green, maybe one or two of them ripe for my birthday. And then a few years they were like all ripe season almost ending. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? And this year, you know, somewhere in the middle, so. Huh, interesting. Yeah, always be grateful to my parents for teaching me about like the plant life in the area and what you can eat and what uh, has other uses. I've, I've never really been aware of that, other than I was able at a younger age, and now I don't think I could really do it. But, yeah, I uh, went to like camp at school, and rhubarb. I'd be like picking berries and eating them, and the like counselor would be like, oh, don't eat it. You don't know what that is. I'm like, it's this. It's, it's fine. <laughs> it's just a huckleberry. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. You tell tourists they're poisonous, and then you have them all to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk about that with especially you know, we're all storytellers, mm -hmm. and so we write food into our own stories, but there's the good side of what's going on in the area and how much research do you do to tell, like, what's the menu at the tavern, but then there's also the dangerous things out in the wild, and how much research do you do to also lay some traps in your storytelling for either your mm. players or just the characters in your stories that are like, that thing, toxic, but they don't know, ha ha ha, you know? I don't know, like how much research do you do if you're gonna lay out a, uh, you know, a adventure for players or your characters? I mean, personally, like I have a lot of experience with like foraging, uh, butchering animals, and knowing what to do with like fish or deer, like the whole the whole nine yards. Wait, so you're I also give, a butcher? I have, I'm not technically a butcher, but in school and in various restaurants that I've been in, we brought in whole proteins like primal cuts or literally an entire, like two entire deer. Oh. And gotten to break those down into the primals and then into the, their separate cuts from there. Oh, sweet. And uh, it's a wonderful process. Like you really connect with the food then and like getting every last bit of it out, making the stock from the bones, using the blood for like sausages and things like that, if you can. And uh, like really getting the full experience of the animal. It's very, very important. So having that experience, I can translate that really well into my games. <coughs> and with, <coughs> excuse me, a little parched. Put a little wafer in there. Yeah. yeah well, it's wafer thing. They're still dry. <laughs> yeah, like, um, uh, so I'm nearing the end of my Eberron campaign that we've been running for two and a half years now. And each of the regions I assigned like a different uh, uh, food culture too oh. so like in Breland it's very much like English so like you have boiled food and it's like yeah what's this okay mushy peas that's all right fish go cool uh, and then you go to Andere and then it's just full-on Paris and you're walking the streets and you've got this incredible like uh, patisserie and and bread the smell like that fresh smell that's coming out and then you have like simple stuff like pot au feu like just a simple boiled meal so yeah, it, it translates really, really well. And it helps engage your players too. So like, we've got a barbarian in our group who is just all about food. And whenever we find something new, she's in it. And like other party members like keep snacks on them so that if she's like feeling down or something, someone will pull a snack out and just be like, feel better. Everyone's got that friend, right? Yeah, it's like, right? You're like, oh, I'm seeing you start, oh, sugar level's <laughs> dropping. You're like, throw food at them, it's gonna come badly. Are you that friend? No, I'm not, I'm okay. not. But okay. I did go on a road trip with a friend where it was crucial that you kept an eye on things. Oh. Yes. Or? 
Or it would not be a fun road trip anymore. It would be terrible. It would be terrible. Just rooting it for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you guys have a most memorable meal or dining experience? There's so many. (laughs) Or like best thing you've ever eaten, which I'm actually having a really hard time thinking of it myself because like if I have any questions like that, I'm like, in the, in, in the top five, I would say I went to Nightingale Restaurant here in Vancouver. It's on like um, Hastings, just past Burrard. And I'm allergic to blue cheese, but I love blue cheese. Oh. Uh, like my grandfather used to like cut up like gorgonzola, put what's it on top your of allergic, fa- What's like, your reaction? Like, fa- uh, I get like really tired. Oh. And I mean, that's a small price to pay for blue cheese. Just well, getting tired I mean, is like, screw it. There's issues too, but. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it, it's but, not great. Yeah, it's not, not a good thing to do, but there's a few things where I will just go. Yeah, because like fresh figs with gorgonzola and honey, holy sh. Nice. Yeah, I'm amazing. <laughs> uh, but at, uh, at Nightingale, you can get a hanger steak. So, like, this cheaper cut of steak that you can, like, uh, reverse here doing, like, a sous vide method to make it awesome. And then what they do is they have this compound butter with blue cheese in it, and they put that on top of the finished steak and torch it into it. Oh. And it's absolutely incredible. Look at Matt's face. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more, wizard. (laughs) There's some really incredible restaurants here in Vancouver. Like the the dish that I served today um, was a play on a dish that I I tasted from uh, Chef Trevor Bird, who runs Fable. And uh, I remember going to Fable, because uh, I used to work at Refuel, which is Fuel, and that's uh, in the same space that Fable is now on uh, West 4th, just past Cypress. Right. And uh, I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> like, it's, uh, like, it's the same, but it's different. This is really cool. And there I tried his uh, like seared, uh, seared duck breast with uh, like roasted uh, toasted walnuts, pickled grapes, and stuff like that. And that was the first time I'd ever had a pickled grape. And I was like, this is great. Of course, you can pickle anything. Like <laughs> you can pickle anything. You can put your mind to it. <laughs> whatever you want, and it changes the That'll flavor be a profile. Meme later. Yeah. So you yeah, can so, like that's in my, my top right there. Those two dishes. Oh, interesting. Natasha, do you depends have a on how hungry I was for sure. Oh, that <laughs> makes a huge difference though, right? It does. Like it really sometimes does. you can eat something you've had a million times, but if you're hungry enough, it's yeah. like this is the best. Also, <laughs> if you're camping, it's always good. You're like yeah, Safeway croissant. Burnt on a fire, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Camping, yeah. when you cook it over like a, a campfire, mm-hmm. you can have like, and it can be shitty. Like yeah. it just like, oh, this looks like, t- but it's the best. It's the best. Like that's so weird. Yeah. Hot dogs, no, the, kind of gross. Fire element over is a campfire. Really... Yeah. yeah, amazing. Exactly. It's... Exactly. Yeah, when I when I worked at Refuel, we, I got the opportunity to work with UBC Farms, and uh, we had like a spit roast going out in UBC. And you could hear the wolves in the distance like howling because they can smell this from like miles away, right? What? And uh, wait, yeah, sorry, at UBC? At UBC Farms. You could hear wolves. We could hear wolves. In Is the there background. wolves in the endowment lands? There must be because we heard them. Howl. Or maybe it's um, uh, coyotes. It's or, probably coyotes. Yeah. yeah. But they don't howl usually. Okay. They make like a. They howling. Oh my god, we had so many coyotes all over the place where where I lived growing up, and like a lot of it's yipping. Yeah. But um, that they do some howling as oh, well. Okay. They yip when they hunt. They yeah. do like a, well, I used to live in a spot in North Burnaby that had, uh, there was a, a pack and I could, I was in an apartment building and they would run through our like parking lot and I could see them. This is just way off topic, but there was like. Running through the parking lot. There was 30 of them. 
That, okay, that's a lot. It was a lot of coyotes. It was crazy. We could that's count them. It was like, holy crap. But like they, they make, yeah, I, I just made the sound. It's, it's nuts. It's like a, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and they, uh, they do that to like scare things out. That's right. And then they circle and like, I was watching it. It was wild. Tactics. When I'd be walking around at night, uh, growing up in all the fields, you could totally just see all the coyote eyes uh, just glinting when you're walking down the side of the road at night. And we're that, always watching. That's but they're horrifying. coyotes, so who cares? Uh, except for those ones that have bred with wolves and kill people. But that was like, yips. <laughs> <laughs> I had a coyote, uh, uh, a single coyote attack me one time. Like, it, it was attacking me and didn't succeed. But I was drunkenly riding my bike home from a friend's house. And uh, <laughs> I was just like, oh, it's like two in the morning, and I'm just, da -da 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 -da. and as I'm starting to go down this hill, I see something at the corner of my eye, and I was like, what? And I turn, and it's mid-air coyote with its mouth open. It's like, ah, and I went, <laughs> and, and the noise that I made was not like, I'm macho at all, and it, <laughs> it was just panic. There's like, and and it was that close, and it decided to turn at the last second, and I just pedaled and got that. It has it. a terrible story of it's like not delicious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a coyote food story right there. Right? Oh, it's absolutely yeah. horrifying. Okay. Almost had the snack. Gross. It was weird. <laughs> it made a weird sound. Yeah, it made a weird it just sound. dropped out of the sky. I think. One of my favorite things that happened to me as a kid was the first time that I was fishing, and I was really bad. So I was like, I caught another snail, guys! And it was like, Ugh. um But the first time that I was hanging out with some other kids, and someone caught their first fish, oh. and we were all like, oh, we caught our first fish. And then we went back to a campfire, and we, you know, did it ourselves, and we cooked it over the fire. I was like, this is gonna be so gross. And then I put it in my mouth, and I was like, I don't even like fish that much. And this is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And we had did a little bit of butter and just some pepper. Oh. And it was so simple. And I think because we worked for it and there was just this moment together as like, you know, you're hot, sweaty, covered in mosquitoes and you're out in the bush together. Is that your most memorable food experience? It's, it's definitely up there. Like it stays with me because I just, I feel like transported Clearly. out of the moment of being like, I don't remember the kids. I don't remember what part of the lake we were on. I don't, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, what year was it? I don't know. All I remember is that I had this moment of being like, this is going to be gross. And instead, um, I'm just delicious. having a heavenly moment by myself huh. here. And this, yet like, you saw it with of, its eyes. I did, yeah. Uh, I saw it gasping for its last breath. And I was still like, oh. <laughs> and it was, like, served to me on, like, rusty, gross tinfoil with dirt in it. Like, huh. it's good. Um, but my favorite experience is probably the first time that um, when Matt and I moved to Vancouver and we and he wanted to cook for uh, friends of his from Mexico. And so huh. he, he wanted to do like a whole meal, but it was like a weekend of food because to cook for that one meal, he created so much, just like uh, so many beans and salsas and um, other types of sauces and horchata and all these things that Damn, like, the whole weekend every meal Mexican was like food's my specialty oh, okay every week every meal after that was a leftover with components of the first night's meal well hell yeah with all that effort it better be so and i just i i was like i didn't even know what we were getting into when i was like this is so much work the slow cooker is going the oven is going and, and then leading up to the dinner i was just like 
my whole apartment is this food and this meal, and I'm just. Um, and then the rest of the weekend was a delightful meal in the evening with people who just wanted stuff that was flavors from home, oh. and it was really lovely and the experience oh. was great but then every meal after it that was the components of all the leftovers i was like i could eat this on tacos and then i can eat this with fried eggs and then oh, i yeah. can eat chilaquiles the next morning yeah oh, definitely <laughs> that's 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 the dream you always like you make enough so that it will last the next one because it's always going to pick up new flavor profiles as it sits and marinades mm -hmm. and builds and then it just gets better and better until like turkey sandwiches are better than turkey dinner Every and I time. think because I've never been somebody who Cold likes... Cold pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the effort of cooking large meals. Oh, I, that's fair. I grew up in a family where my mom would be the person to always had to host Christmas dinner for our, like, 30 family members. Oh. And I was the, like, roll meatballs, cut swan tomatoes, you're on this. And it, Christmas was always, like, get your presents unwrapped because... You're it's on cleaning time and you're to on work. this. Yeah, and every and my mom was wonderful about it. My sister also like put in so much effort and everybody Hi, in the family. Hi Jean. <laughs> everybody would have to contribute, but it was a really just like that Barbie looks great, kid, but you know, we got shit to do. And so everybody would always come to our place and it was so fun and I love all my family and you know, watching Leah lick bud butter off of buns and not eat anything else. Yeah. Really inspired. Um, <laughs> what was your yeah. most memorable or favorite, like best food you've ever eaten? Mm, well, I think food is always really emotional. Like you guys are talking about, much like music, food kind of touches some some of our like emotions, memory? memory, culture, family, like mm. all those kind of relationships are in there. So yeah, there, there's a lot of that. Um, but just really like tasty, delicious stuff when you've worked hard. I was uh, woofing with. Uh, three of my very closest friends in Greece after high school and at every lunchtime we would go up and they would just make this amazing meal for us Whoa. and all of the Close things call. that we had were you know from the farm and and so that was amazing like the olives yeah. and the tomatoes and all those kind of things from there and fresh tuna from around there so amazing amazing meal uh, thank you to Jen who ran that woofing and um, yeah. Are you saying woofing? Woofing Worldwide Organic, uh, I don't know, Organization of Farming, something, something. So, yeah, it's like, it's um, volunteer <clears throat> farmers on different organic farms around the world. So oh. you can go there. And usually the trade-off is you get somewhere to live and you get food and then you farm for them. So us, you know, 18-year-olds hmm. know nothing about farming and we just like hacked at the ground a bit and found some scorpions and, we'll, and then they gave us food. So that was Found it. some <laughs> scorpions? Oh yeah! You buried the lead, my friend. Yeah, did yeah, you yeah. eat scorpion? Did I eat scorpion? No, we did not eat the scorpion. We just kind of scared them away. But I mean, my travel did? journals are almost always just food. But it's like you? I bury oh. the lead all the time. It's like, oh yeah, um, you know, we had this great sandwich everywhere we went. You know, Spain and France and, and Greece, the all these done. amazing <laughs> things. Everything. Oh, we hiked for whatever twenty-five kilometers, and we had this amazing lunch with blah 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 prosciutto. Ah, amazing! And I got um, bitten by a dog and lost both my passports. Next day. <laughs> Wait, before we we only have a few seconds left. We do. It's fine. But Natasha has a very controversial. Oh my God! Theory. Yes. Okay. I don't we know if we have time to, this to get into this. Uh, we have to start. Let's get into it. No, no, no. Okay. Really quick. So you can't yeah. just open the can and then be like, no, Let, don't. Let's, we're we're gonna open the can. We're gonna get into it because the, the, the people at home need to know. Because this is an important thing, and it's Natasha has a, a, a take on food that, personally, I'm on board with. Uh, so if you want to tell the people at home 
your classification of what all food falls under. All right. <laughs> Tell that, Cam. All right, all <laughs> meals are either a salad or a sandwich, and I will fight you. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, you don't want to you like, beef it up. <laughs> <laughs> what is lasagna? Lasagna. Sandwich. Yeah. Sandwich. Totally it's a sandwich. A, it's a sandwich. It's, yeah, it's a, a sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. It's, a, it's good. Okay, sandwiches are basically a, a delivery system where there's something palatable to hold to deliver food to your Wait, wait. Does Taco that mean steak is frites a is a salad? Steak frites, first explain what this is. Oh, uh, uh, steak and fries. Steak and fries? Steak salad. and fries is a salad. Yeah, yes. there's nothing it's to hold it with. Yeah, it's you eat it with a fork yeah. and knife. If you, if you're, I mean, lasagna with a fork and knife too, but there's like, it's sandwiched like yeah. I get that that I get yeah yeah what, you're on board with no 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 I, I get lasagna being a sandwich that that makes sense to me okay yeah. I'm seeing some thumbs down but see okay here's the thing uh if wurst salat can be a salad which is literally shredded uh shredded wieners in a pile um, that is, that is the food of my people. It's Pride Month, hello. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> shredded wheat, I mean, typically shredded isn't well, good. I don't know. I mean, it's the end of Pride Month, so yeah, they're a little shredded. They're shredded. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, shout out to some of my family in Hessen that uh, really favor the Wurst Salat when you go to the local with them. And it, yeah, it's just shredded wieners on a plate. It's a salad. It's a salad. Yeah. They call it a salad. It's on the menu. It's called a salad. I mean, so if that can States, be a salad, anything then... Anything can be a salad in the States. You add like yeah. mayonnaise, it's a salad. Exactly. You add jello, it's a salad. Yeah. 1950s, they had what was called a, a Coke salad, which was just jello, which was made with Coke. Uh, Cocaine or Coca-Cola? Both. Probably both. <laughs> oh, okay. And some pineapple, and then you turn it into a jelly, and maybe there's a fruit or two in we there. I don't know. We have a redemption before we go. Oh, yeah. what about soup? Uh, soup is a salad. 100%. It's, it, because, bear with me, yeah. gazpacho, <laughs> gazpacho is a soup. Gazpacho, arguably cold soup, is just a very finely cut salad with lots of dressing. Therefore, yeah. if that is a soup, that's everything not true at all. Else, but <laughs> everything <laughs> else follows from there. Is just a soup is a salad with lots of dressing. Yes, I hate it, but I understand. It Thank makes you. perfect sense. Like it, it, I make stew a lot, and stew is just a bunch of ingredients with a lot of sauce. Yeah. Like a lot of sauce. There's also like lots of warm salads, like yeah. potato salad. If you can make pasta salad. Exactly. Then obviously. Then pasta is all pasta salad. Spaghetti, it's all a salad. It's exactly. all salad. I love Thai salad. You just they argue that lasagna is a sandwich. Like some lettuce. Yeah. Well, you know what? I would say that lasagna is both a sandwich and a salad. It crosses the line. You found it's, it's the. It's a bit uh, of both. You Which is fine with me. It can it can be both. It's the great uniter. Yeah, it's the beautiful. It's the great uniter. It's the great uniter. Oh, that's oh, that's nice. <laughs> um, oh wait, I need to find okay, my proper. Okay, can we proper... have Natasha back to fight about this some other time? Yes, we can. We could do it on nerd, nerd fight. fight. We could do it on nerd fight. Yeah, uh, I I have ooh. notes. There it is. So I'm prepared. Oh damn! I'm so notes. sorry I didn't get to it earlier. That's um, fine. There's a lot we didn't get to. There's a lot we didn't get to. Uh, but we are unfortunately out of time. It goes by really quick. Um, we? Yeah, we didn't get to three of the mystery boxes. You know what? Rip one open. Go for it if you want. We'll eat it. Uh, okay, so coming up next week on our comedy channel, we've got uh, the Try Not to Laugh Challenge. Actually
Anyway, that came out today. Um, uh, we have one on our channel and one on the convos with my with our two-year-olds channel. Uh, there's there's two rounds, both shot here. They both they're already out, so you can check those out. Um, next week on Comedy Channel is Premature COVID, and. On the main channel, Witchcraft Labs uh, Part 4 of our Fantasy Creature Ears. And Tuesday on Twitch, uh, Episode 2 of our new D&D campaign, Shadows of Blood. Uh, so tune in for that, 3.30 in the afternoon, going to 6.30, three hours long. Woo -hoo. <clears throat> if you haven't seen Episode 1 yet, check that out. That's on YouTube now. You can still watch it on Twitch. Um, other than that, next week, Thursday, more filthy talk. We do it every week. <laughs> uh, so tune in next time. Until then, stay filthy. <laughs> oh. <laughs>